TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Listen to Ben and Woods, The John Cantara Show, and Quinn and Chris for your chance to win Aztecs football tickets. KWFN and KWFN HD1 San Diego. Fun bits and occasional sports talk. Listen to Ben and Woods. Weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Ballers Point on a Friar yeah! Friday. Let's hear it, Tier 1s. Just guys. gave away a $25 gift card uh, during the break, and we've got uh, more to give away each hour, but you got to be in person. you got to stop by Tier 1s uh, here at Ballers Point, where they are dedicated to the craft. Stop by a San Diego Ballers Point tasting room to try the new menu featuring globally inspired dishes and pub favorites paired perfectly with a Ballast Point pint. Cheers. Um we need a contestant for uh, real or fake. We're going to throw the phone lines uh, out for uh, Italian Paul back there. 833-288-0973. Call now. 833-288-0973. A chance to qualify for our grand prize getaway trip to Las Vegas here in about six or seven minutes if you want to call in. Um, usually we do take on Woods. It's so hard to send you, like, you'd have to go, like, four blocks away and then come back so out. you can't hear it. So Yeah, send <laughs> we'll, me back to the streets. Yeah, we'll keep it, we'll keep it simple here today. I want to get into the uh, the matchup tonight, though. Ooh, um, mama. I, a lot of people are, are talking about the fact that the Padres, you know, have the pitching advantage in the depth going forward. And with Joe Musgrove on the mound, I think that's clearly the case. But I also want everyone to avoid perhaps getting overconfident about the matchup as well. Sure. Ranger Suarez, who is the, uh, the lefty who will be going for the Phillies. Didn't have a good playoff start in his debut against the Atlanta Braves. He only went three and a third, walked five guys, you know, had trouble finding the strike zone. I love that. Gave up a home run, but only was charged with one run. And you know whose start it seemed very similar to was what Blake Snell did against the New York Mets in his first start. And we know how well Blake Snell bounced back. So Ranger Suarez had a decent season. He is certainly capable of bouncing back and having a good start. I think he held the Padres to uh, two runs and seven-plus innings yep. uh, when he met him earlier this season. Now, that was early in the season before Juan Soto. I don't think Manny Machado was in the lineup that day either. So it's not exactly, you know, apples to apples on the comparison here. But let's not just assume that the Padres are going to go out and score ten runs and, you know, Joe Musgrove is going to toss a shutout and this is going to be a an easy win in game three. The Phillies... 
uh, absolutely at home. I'm expecting it to be as tough as any game that the Padres have played so far this postseason. Yeah, I mean, if, if the lineup can continue to put together ABs like they did the other day, I'm not super-duper worried about it. Then again, you know, take all your sample sizes, throw them out the window. It is the playoffs. Anything can happen. You know, again, I, I said it when they were on the road uh, against the Mets. I said it when they were on the road against the Dodgers. It is so massively important to play – Padres baseball, and by by that I mean work Ranger Suarez. If a guy walked five guys in his his first start, Jerkson Profar, as much as I'd love you to pound that 95-mile-an-hour fastball in the first pitch, make this guy throw 20, 25 pitches in the first, get into that bullpen, and uh, let's get after it. And, and again, like a, beating a dead horse, I never mind playing on the road. I never mind playing on the road. This team likes to play on the road, and it gives you that opportunity to score first. And if you could get a couple, you'd take that raucous, wild, insane Philly crowd completely out of it from the first inning. I mean, go out and throw up a big, big first inning. Take them out of it, man. And then let Joe go in and do his thing. Also remember that uh, we are done with the off days in this series. They're done. Beginning today, as long as it goes, it is day Day, 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 day. Up to five in a row through game seven. Just kill me dead But keep in mind, and I like what you said about working the count and driving up the pitch count. Now, once you get into the bullpens, this will have an accumulative effect going forward for games four and five. That sets us us up. Who's going to be available. And the Padres, given the, the Phillies with a less deep bullpen, the earlier you can knock Ranger Suarez out of the game today the better off it'll be for the Padres, not just today, but probably for tomorrow and Sunday as well moving forward. Conversely, you got Joe Musgrove on the mound, a guy you really do have a lot of confidence going six, seven innings. He can preserve the Padres' bullpen going forward for future games. So this game is critical in a lot of ways. Obviously, the series is tied, and you need to win it, you know, even if it takes 15 innings to win 2-1, to one, whatever you have to win. But it also presents the Padres with an opportunity to, I think, set themselves up better for future games. Sure. You get a game where you don't necessarily need Josh Hader. You can, you know, build a, a five or six run lead. Joe Musgrove goes deep, you know, get an inning, a, a Tim Hill, whatever, at the end of the game. And you are really putting yourself in a great position going forward in this series. Get a Morahone back on track. Sure. You know, get, yeah. a, get an opportunity to use him. Now, again, that sounds like overconfidence. And I'm not predicting that that's what's going to happen. I'm saying, though, if the opportunity presents itself, you have to try to grab that. And one way to do that, as you said, is you want to make sure you drive up pitch counts and try to get as deep into the Phillies' bullpen as you possibly can because they they have not decided on a starter tomorrow yet either. And, you know, they're looking at guys who are probably going to be more on the short side of, you know, a Syndergaard for three innings, maybe even a Zach Eflin for a, a couple of innings. Uh, as a starter, or you know, a Bailey Falter, uh, Josh Gibson, no one that you're you're picking to go seven or eight for the Phillies. So Kyle they, Gibson, Kyle Gibson. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. So they're going to have to. Josh Gibson would be a revelation. Would be. Yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> I mean, I I don't like our chances if Josh Gibson. We could go, we could go to Satchel Page in yeah. the seventh, try to get him some work. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I think Josh Gibson a little bit past his prime. Yeah. We might be able to catch yeah. up to him. Yep, 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 yep. Um, no, I, it, what will be also interesting is the chess match that the Philadelphia Phillies and Rob Thompson will employ against Joe Musgrove because I'm sure the message is the exact same. Hey, guys, 
We have the potential of five games in a row here. Joe Musgrove is a strike thrower. Um, the Phillies are guys that go after a lot of pitches. They'll swing. They'll swing and miss sometimes. But we need to at- – I'm sure their plan is attack Joe Musgrove. Uh, he's going to be in the zone. I, it, it's, this is the beauty of baseball because we saw their offensive philosophy against Zach Wheeler. We saw it change. They worked him in the first inning, and then they probably came together and goes, guys – He's throwing 96, 97. It's, it's in the zone. Let's get up there and hack. And then he went 25 pitch inning, 5 pitch inning, 8 pitch inning, 9 pitch inning. And he's got you. He's got you. And there's nothing you can do. You're trying to square balls up and you're just not doing it. So um, the in-game management, the in-game strategy, it's just it's, it can make you crazy if you think about it too much. Boil it down to see ball, hit ball. Uh, ball out of the zone, layoff. See ball, hit ball in the zone. Well, speaking of Josh Gibson, uh, Hall of Famers play a role in today's game of real or fake. we got a contestant on the line. Beautiful. Let's get to it. Let's play our game. Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. All right, we got Michael in Lemon Grove on the line as our contestant. Michael, are you there? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you good, guys. All right, sounds good. All right, here's what you're playing for. If you can get uh, at least four out of seven right today on Real or Fake, we'll put you into our grand prize drawing for a two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, a VIP pod at the Westgate Superbook, the world's largest race and sports book, and a $250 food and beverage credit. You just need to separate the real from the fake. So here's what I've got for you today. I have a list of Phillies players, coaches, and executives who have been inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. I will give you a name, Michael. You tell me if they are a real Phillies Hall of Famer or a fake, in this case, a person who signed the Declaration of Independence. Oh, I like this. So, Phillies (laughs) Hall of Famer or Declaration of Independence signer. You need four out of seven right. We'll go to round one here, Michael. I can help you, by the way. All right. Caesar Rodney, real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer? I'm going to real Phillies. No, he signed the Declaration of Independence. You're kidding. No, yeah, there was someone named Caesar Rodney's name is right there on the bottom of that, probably right near John Hancock's name. I'm glad you didn't ask me. All right, it's okay. We got four left here, (laughs) and you can ask Woods for help if you want. Round two, Charles Bender. Real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer? Um, I'm going to go real. It is? Yes. Real. Correct. One point for Michael. All right. We go to round number three. Elmer Flick. Real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer? Uh, I'm going to lean on Woodsy on this one. I'm going to say he's a real Phillies Hall of Famer. All right. Do you want to go with Woodsy? Let's go with Woodsy. Woodsy is right. You are right. That's two points. Elmer Flick in the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right, round four. Francis Lightfoot Lee, real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer, Michael? Uh, I'm going to go fake. Fake, yes. Signer of the Declaration of Independence. That's three right. That means you need to just one more correct, and you will qualify for our trip to Las Vegas. Round five, Button Gwinnett. Button Gwinnett, real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer? Uh, I'm going to go real Philly. 
Yeah. No, no. Ah, Button is really? a signer of the uh, Declaration of Independence. That's okay. We still have two more chances here. Game six, round six. Let's go with Harry Wright. Real or fake Phillies Hall of Famer, Michael? All right, we'll do one more time. What you got? What's the name? Harry Wright. Harry Wright is a Philly. He thinks so. What do you think, Michael? Uh, let's roll with Woodsy again. You, you know what? You just won. That's Congratulations. Right, That's right. You have qualified for the trip to Las Vegas. Uh, four correct out of six there. Good job, Michael, on real or fake today. The last one, Lyman Hall, Woods. What do you think? Lyman Hall. Lyman Hall. I'm going to say Philly. Nope. Philly. Signer of the Declaration of Independence. That's okay. Four is good enough. You have qualified, Michael. Congratulations, and thank you Appreciate for playing our game today. today. Let's go. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate the call. Uh, we will uh, go back to take on Woods on Monday morning. That's right. For our musical trivia challenge. Uh, this segment of Ben and Woods is brought to you by Senior Grubbies in downtown Carlsbad and Oceanside. Check out their daily happy hour from 3 to 6. Hashtag eatgrubbies and eatgrubbies.com. All right. So, uh, you know what? I am um, I'm excited this morning. I feel good about where we are in the series. I feel good about the Padres' chances today. Yep. And I feel good about their chances going forward the rest of this series. I like where we are. Uh, I do, too. I mean, it, and, and I think you can get yourself into that headspace of like, well, it feels too good right now. You know what I mean? So tonight's going to be a really it's – a, it's so stupid to say, but it's the playoffs, man. Every game is pivotal. Every game feels must win. Am I going to panic if they lose tonight? No, I'm not. I'm going to be sick to my stomach, but I'm not going to full-blown panic and say the series is over. you got to figure out a way, Benny – you got three shots in Philly, right? You got to figure out a way to get, I mean, obviously one is bare minimum. You have to have one. You have to have one. Two would be absolutely, that would be perfect. That's yeah. the A position. I mean, remember, even if they only win one game out of the next three, which I think, to me, I'm expecting at least two out of three yeah. in Philly. But even if you win just one, you have the ace in the hole of game six and seven then back at Petco Park. No doubt. Uh, and at that point, I would say it's it's a toss up. I mean, if you're down three to two, you got to give the advantage to the team that's got three wins. Sure. But you feel still really good coming back to your home park, your home fans. It's very tough to close out a series on the road in in, in hostile territory. No doubt, it it's, really is tough to do that. It's really it's really tough to win a game. I mean, would you have wanted the you know the Dodger series to go back to no. game five? Oh, in I was LA? sick to my stomach. I mean, man. let's. Let's be honest. We would have been we would have been do- as doom and gloom. As, as hopeful as we could possibly be, but anyone with a brain would have favored the Dodgers heavily in a game five. So that happy series they won had that gone game. back to Los Angeles. You had to get it done on your home home turf. The Padres did. The Phillies are probably thinking sweep three is their best way oh, to, to get this series done, and that's going to be very tough for them with the pitching matchups that are set up, especially today and tomorrow. It's so wild, man, watching, uh, watching our guys go out there and battle in the NLCS and, and thinking to yourself, like, like, you, Darvish, has been so good all year. You know, we don't get – and you're like, all right, you I, need you, I need you tonight. I need you one more time. And then Blake Snell, come on, Blake, give us your very best. And now Joe, again, needs to go out and answer the call. It's just – it's if you, you have to see just how valuable having three guys like that is. It just – to be able to, to have a little semblance of calm 
uh, because you know Joe Musgrove is at least going to keep you in the ball game tonight. I mean, you think anything can happen, obviously, but um, history dictates it that he's going to pitch his ass off tonight and keep you right there in the ball game. All right, we got Don't Do This coming up next, and I will say that I was perfectly happy leaving Barstool Sports alone. I don't. Oh, I didn't. I, didn't I, I had no beef with them. Oh I, boy! I had God. no reason to go to war with them. Oh, oh my God! Here they have made an enemy out of Ben Higgins. I'm sure they're terrified. They have made an enemy out of me. The stoolies are am shaking. Going, right the stoolies are shaking. I will right be now. going after them. Well, say goodbye to your wife and kids because they're coming for them. Trust, trust me. <laughs> I will be going after them and don't do this. Coming up next. And I've got one of the best do-do this stories you will ever hear, and it has to do with one of our very own San Diego Padres. It's all coming up next, live from Ballast Point, Little Italy on a game day. It's Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back after a check in traffic. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Football season is here. Don't make stupid bets. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. NFL, college, Major League Baseball, NBA, and more. Visit BetQL.com or download the BetQL app today. Before Don't Do This, programming update. Uh, just confirmed we will be joined by the general manager of the San Diego Padres, A.J. Preller, going to join us coming up here at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. A.J. in Philadelphia. So stay, stay, stand by. Uh, now, Peter Seidler, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the 9 o'clock hour, maybe not. I, I have no idea. We are still – that's up in the air. We that, are, are rolling with the flow. We're juggling here in the morning. Yes, we are. All right, uh, Woodsy, start us out today on Don't Do This. Well, if you were watching the ALCS last night, you get to the ninth inning and you start to wonder, what the hell are they talking about on the broadcast? Obviously, they don't show fans running on the field anymore. You don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. But, uh, yeah, a fan ran on the field, ran directly over to Jose Altuve. Now, he had an Astros jersey on, and Altuve actually played it pretty cool. He didn't panic or freak out or punch the guy or anything like that. Uh, 27-year-old Jose Alvarado dodged uh, security long enough to actually get to Altuve. Kind of fell to his knees and gave him a hug, and Altuve kind of hugged him back. There's pictures uh, going around the Internet. Uh, He stayed very calm, and the guy said to Altuve, we need to win. I spent all my money on the ticket. And I, does that work? Because I'll, me running out to like short, grabbing a hustle again, we need to win. I spent all my, all money, my money on, on this ticket. ticket. Well, you spent all your money on it, but then. I think you also spent money on beers. If it, I had to guess, you spent your money on several, several well, beers. Well, it wasn't it right, it was right there at the beginning. At so, the ninth. You, oh, the ninth, the ninth inning. Ninth. Yeah, oh, okay. so, so Ryan Presley comes out and he gets his warm up tosses in and he's about to try to mow through. The Yankees ordered to secure the save and the win for the Astros. And a fan runs up and totally mess with his preparation. Timing, the, the, yeah, yeah, everything. Also, not to mention, it's very terrifying. Very, very terrifying. Altuve played it off great. Security did come and drag him off. Uh, but, yeah, they, they ended up winning 3-2. to two. But, man, please don't run on the field. Please don't run on the field. Okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. So you sent me this uh, this tweet 
yesterday afternoon. I was just going about oh, my day. I was, in a, was I was in a decent mood, and I saw this tweet you sent me from Barstool Sports. It says a local ABC news station got duped by a Lights Camera Pod fake tweet of The Rock promoting Black Adam. Unreal. And then I looked at the video that was attached, and it's my beloved colleague, Kimberly Hunt. I'm going, did did we get faked on something? So here's the now listen, here's the here's the video that they posted with the tweet on Barstool Sports. In both cases, it appeared Johnson used Queen Elizabeth's death to promote his upcoming film, Black Adam. One of the images shows a tweet saying, Rest in peace, Her Majesty the Queen, a great woman who sat on the throne as long as anyone in British history. Sad she will never get to see Black Adam in theaters October 21st. A second one says, Everyone knows Black Adam has only two weaknesses, lightning and the death of a famous monarch. All right, so, yeah, they, they, they put this video out, making it seem as though we were running a serious news story about these tweets that The Rock had sent. What they cut out, though, what they edited out, is that that is our 7 p.m. fact or fiction segment. Kind of important, Ben. The beginning, Kimberly will say, in today's fact or fiction, we're exploring whether or not this story is true. And then at the end, they cut out the point where Kimberly reveals that is fiction. Those are fake tweets, which she announced on the air. No, that was not true. The Rock did not send out those tweets. This story is fiction. That did not happen. But Barstool, they left that out. clearly, someone you know, maliciously edited the, the video to take out the beginning and the end that would give it context and show exactly what we were doing to try to embarrass our station, to embarrass Kimberly. And to me... That is absolutely outrageous. I don't mind you poking fun when people make mistakes. We, never, I, we would never. If I make a flub, I would never, whatever. I would never do that. Have I would fun. Have at it. Make mistakes. it go viral. Laugh at it. We all make mistakes. It happens. But when nothing mistaken happened on the air, don't don't edit it. You know, try to be all crafty to make it seem like someone did something stupid or a producer made an error. When that didn't happen, I mean, we have professional people who take this job very seriously, and you're calling into question, you're making everyone look like they're stupid, or they have no idea that that doesn't make any sense. The Rock wouldn't send a tweet like that. He wouldn't use the Queen's death to promote a, a movie of his, you know, to try to get some sort of clout or something. We know Fact that. or fiction. It was that's fiction. What the, that's it, it was fiction, Barstool Sports. And uh, now, but no one's ever going to know that. No. Because, you know, Barstool Sports, that tweet will go all around to millions of people. And they'll think, oh, boy, that ABC station in San Diego, they're really stupid. Question. Will you fight a stoolie live on the air? I will uh, I will take every legal course necessary <laughs> will to you defend write the reputation sh- of my, my television station. Will you write a strongly worded letter to Barstool? Yes, I will okay. write an all angry right. okay. letter I appreciate to you. the editor of Barstool Sports. I'm sure that they will respond post-haste. <laughs> To my indignation. Oh, man. Let's make some noise for one of our starting pitchers, Blake Snell. Woo! I mean, he. this story, this story tugged right at my heartstrings. I thought this was phenomenal. This so good. There was a, uh, a young lady, Aisha Williams. She's at Aisha Williams Law. And there was this kind of journey that was going along. She's got a grandmother that's a massive Padre fan. She's 96 years old. And her dream, Ben. 
was to see the Padres play a championship game before she dies. And the uh, they were tweeting about the grandma. Our grandma loves the Padres, wants to see the Padres. Somebody tagged Blake Snell in it. And the next thing you know, grandma gets reached out to by the San Diego Padres and Blake Snell's uh, assistant and says, we would love, Blake, would love if you would be his official guest at uh, the game in which he pitched the other day. And sure enough, grandma comes out on top. Padres win the game. Got to see it. There's amazing, amazing video of her. I thought it was so sweet. Her face when she gets the news. I mean, obviously we're on the radio, but it damn near made me cry, man. 96 years. She's at the uh, she's at the game with a sign that says, my wish came true thanks to at Snellzilla, which I thought was just the greatest. A 96-year-old woman saying Snellzilla. It's funny because Twitter hadn't been invented when she was born. Oh, yeah. N- yeah, no. <laughs> Neat, I mean, I don't think air conditioning or, like, electricity was just. Was baseball even a baseball thing? Baseball was just barely a thing, I think, uh, when she was born. So now she got to go see. It's like we have our own sister, Jean, now. Yes. For the Padres playoff run. She got to go see a game, which she wanted to do. She got to see Snellzilla pitch and Padres won the game she was in the house between her and Bo's victory fish I don't think we'll lose another game man I really don't so uh well done Blake Snell really really cool stuff and again you're not going to see it from Blake Snell's Twitter account uh and that's the thing I love the most doing good deeds for people without expecting anything in return and uh that was Blake Snell to a T so that is don't and do mega do mega do for a Friday that was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. And it is Friday, and it is 7.30, which means that Craig Elston will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk some Padres, maybe get another streaming, uh, crossing streams recommendation for him as we do each and every Friday. And then at the top of the hour, the general manager and uh, president of baseball operations for your San Diego Padres, A.J. Preller is going to join the show on a Friar Friday. We're live at Ballast Point, Little Italy. Come on down, hang with Ben and Woods this morning. Going until 10 o'clock on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. All right, we got Craig Elston standing by, and... uh, before we get to Craig, because I see him there, I'm going to throw in a bonus DDT to uh, Russell Westbrook last night, who basically shamed his way into the Lakers' starting lineup by claiming that, well, if I come off the bench, I'm going to get injured. <laughs> so then he, he goes out and he goes 0 for 11 and scores two points against the Clippers. The Lakers actually showed some heart. They were down twice, first half big, second half big. They rallied back both times to tie it. Didn't have enough in the end, ended up losing that game, but... Russ was no help whatsoever. Two points on 0 of 11 shooting. And, you know, he's the guy saying, I can't possibly not start. How could you not start my hamstring? Right. You have to start oh, me. Oh, my goodness gracious. If Darvin Ham doesn't even know what he walked himself into. Well, he's into. got no idea, does he? He's <laughs> like, coach oh, the Lakers. God. On the uh, good side, Kawhi Leonard returning after uh, more than a season loss to injury. He came off the bench. He had no problem with it. He said, no, no problem at all. I'll come off the bench, save Amazing. some minutes for the end of the game. Scored 14 points, was in there at the end, hit a big shot to help ice it for the Clippers. All right, that's enough, that's enough basketball. Right, it's right, NLCS. We, we got Craig Jesus Elston standing God. by. We'll talk to Craig crossing streams after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, so let's uh, hopefully, crossing my fingers here, go out to our We're premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. I see Craig Elston. He's on Zoom. I see him there. 
Uh, we can hear him, apparently. Can you hear, hear us, you. Greg? He, oh, we he got does you. not hear us. We got you. Yes, but he doesn't hear us. So. That's okay. What do you mean it's okay? <laughs> he can't, it's not Maybe okay he can if just he can't hear us. us. He can just hear it's us through our phone. It, it's a one-way conversation if he can't hear us. Oh, I love this echo. <laughs> That's not going Hi guys. Am I on the air? Hi Craig, you're on the air, you're and up. you're and you're in a tank top. I don't hear it. <laughs> and you're and we're echoing when when you put uh, when you can hear us this on is your fantastic. Zoom. So. Echo, uh, echo, hello, hello. We're just gonna call Craig. Right, yeah, we should call him. Let's uh, reset. Um, see, try to be fancy. Try to do it the right way. It never. Aren't never you works glad out. I wasted a little time talking about Russell Westbrook? Absolutely. Do you have any other basketball <laughs> notes you'd like to throw well, in, we Kenny? Some of the- <laughs> Technical difficulties here this morning. Um, that's okay. We will get Craig on the line here in just a second. We'll have our normal Friday conversation. Again, A.J. Preller is going to join us nice, nice, at the top nice. of the hour. And Wait till uh, you guys hear where he's coming from this morning. I'm curious. So, A.J., I don't think I've ever asked him this, but he grew up in Long Island. Yep. I would assume most Long Islanders are Mets fans. Sure. Did he hate the Phillies growing up? Was he like, did he hate Mike Schmidt? And the 80s Phillies when he was growing up and was a kid getting into baseball. I'm going to ask him that at the top of the hour. No, that's a good question. I, I, you know, we've, we've talked to some of our, um, our Padres scribes and our, our Padres talking heads around here. Everybody really kind of grew up rooting for, for different teams in, in different parts of the country. But, you know, if there's one thing that uh, I've seen, and I, I, am not a, I am not a gatekeeper of, of the bandwagon. I love the bandwagon. I, the more the merrier for me. Uh, get them all into Petco Park, get them all in Padres gear, and let's jam. All right, let's try this again. Back out to the uh, premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. We'll do it on the phone this time. Uh, we got Craig Elston with us from Hi, the Craig Crossing Ger. Streams podcast and the San Diego Soccers. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, guys. You know, conversing works so much better when you can hear the other person. It's just Well, we can hear you, but then there was this echo. It was just weird. So, yeah, we'll do it the traditional way. Uh, here, What are your thoughts sitting here? 1-1, Padres one Phillies one headed to Philly for the next three games obviously the Padres have lost their home field advantage yet it doesn't feel maybe as as dire as you would normally think in that sort of circumstance that the Padres to me still kind of feel like they have the edge in this series what about you yeah I I think as much as home field advantage there was also a twin ace advantage for Philadelphia in, in terms of if you can't beat Wheeler and Nola you can't win this series. The math doesn't add up. So uh, beating Aaron Nola and getting a win off one of their twin towers, I think that's as important, more important than what we saw in terms of dropping the opener. And, yeah, you're right, not having the home field advantage. I think you have the pitching advantage overall over the next three days. Now, you're switching from the best run prevention env- environment in baseball to one of the worst run prevention environments in baseball. So it's going to be a challenge, but I like the Padres side of that. I like their bats being able to step up. They've always hit better away from home. And I think the pitching can handle any environment. After all, they've had the pitching course field enough. Yeah, it's a really good point that you make. And I think so many people forget, you know, when you see, oh man, we're going to Philly, it's a bandbox. And the way I think about it is, Oh, good. We're going to Philly. It's a band box. I would love to see Juan Soto's, you know, near home runs. I'd love to see them actually fly out of the yard uh, at some point where the Marine layer, you know, has knocked down a couple uh, this yeah, season. I mean, Philly, yeah. they don't need a band box. They, when those guys hit it, yeah, they, you know, they it go, goes a mile. Yeah, it Schwarber and Harper. Really matter, they, it's, so. it's like Yankee Stadium, right? I mean, 
anybody that says Giancarlo and Aaron Judge can't get the ball out of anywhere, uh, you don't know baseball, right? I mean, so, yeah, it certainly helps. They would have loved to have that game in Yankee Stadium last night as Judge missed a homer by a foot. But we get that advantage, too. But we also get that disadvantage of, of Joe Musgrove having to keep those guys in the yard, Craig. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's two things I look at, honestly, when it comes to playoff games that seem to be pretty fair indicators. Which team out homers the other and which starting pitcher goes longer in the game? And the Padres have been doing a good job on that second count. You know, it's something that baseball itself has started to shy away from in terms of, you know, looking at the metrics and going, well, we can't risk it, you know, second time around, third time around, we can't risk it. And I think the Padres have had a different mindset when it comes to that all the way through the year, which is much more of one of personal responsibility for the starting rotation. You've got to handle your job, and that means handling some innings because we're not going to always pull you at the first sign of trouble. We're not going to – you know, it would have been easy to pull Blake Snell in the middle of that second inning uh, on on Wednesday, and it would have ruined – uh, this weekend, it would have absolutely ruined what we're looking forward to this weekend. So I deeply appreciate how this pitching staff is given a little bit more rope and given a little bit more responsibility. And the end result is, uh, I think, a rotation that's ready and a bullpen that's fresh. I'm so glad you said that. We're talking to our pal Craig Elston here on Ben and Woods this morning. I'm so glad you said that, Craig, because you do see the criticism of the manager sometimes when – you know, a guy's hit 93 pitches, and then the next guy comes up and gets a single. And it's, oh, sleepy Bob, you know, one left him in one too many batters. And, you know, I want Padre fans to remember out there today, there are no off days, right? So expect Joe Musgrove to be stretched to the very, very limit today. It's Whatever he's got. In the playoffs, you always hear manage like there's no tomorrow. But it, there the is a tomorrow. Part. There's actually four more tomorrows that's, after well, that's today. The, it, that's the interesting dynamic here is that, yes, every game feels absolutely live or die on it, but if you just manage like this is a game seven, what do you do for the next four days? Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed, and it's not, a, it's not an easy position to be in, Craig, but I, I am glad you said that because, look, hopefully you go out, you score seven runs in the first two innings, and you cruise. Musgrove gets through seven or eight, and we call it a day, right? But, you know, it is the playoffs. They are at home. The crowd's going to be insane. I don't expect that to happen. I sure hope it does. But you've got to keep in the back of your mind as you watch as a fan, um, there's five games in a row potentially. So it's going to have to be managed a certain way. It will. And I think this playoff more than anything has probably helped us understand exactly where Bob Melvin's winning mentality comes from, like how he sees his team winning games and how he sees his team being successful. And that's by having a group. And and I think we talked about this last week a a little bit as well. Like the Dodgers create a system, the Padres create players and, and it's a slightly different thing. Like you can always look to the system to help you succeed. But when the system starts to fail, the players look around and they don't know what to do. And I think you saw a little bit of that with, with the Dodgers over the last weekend, whereas the Padres are trying to get these individual players to raise their games. And, and that means Blake Snell getting a few more pitches and a few more outs. It means Joe Musgrove extra preparation, you know, in between starts. And the result of that is I think you have guys that are a little bit more mentally prepared to deal with adversity. And one thing we have yep. seen guys clearly – 
the Padres are better handled to deal with adversity than most Padres fans are trained to handle adversity, including myself. You know, like these situations <laughs> happen in games where it just it looked terrible. I mean, obviously that second inning was terrible on Wednesday, and it's it's hard not to go, oh my god, this is all falling apart. But these guys show that mental resiliency. There's been enough challenges this year. I think they've proven it over and over again. But as you needed to remind us, Lindsay, on uh, on Twitter occasionally, you, you just can't quit on this team. You just can't, man. They, they're too special, and they're too good, and they believe in each other too much. And, man, you're going to lose baseball. That's the nature of, of baseball. You're going to lose games. You're going to lose games like you did in game one. You're going to get it just absolutely shoved on you, and a guy's going to have the game of his life, and you tip your hat and you move on to the next day. And um, the, the resiliency, like you mentioned, that they showed being down 4 nothing. Coming back to win that game was just outstanding. It was outstanding. Talking to Craig Elston here on Ben and Woods 97.3, the fan. So, Craig, in your opinion, do you think that the superior defense of Juan Soto, Gold Glove finalist in right field, can make up for the mediocre defense of Manny Machado, non-Gold Glove finalist at third base? He's really a liability yeah. down there at the hot corner. Don't you guys agree? I mean, thank goodness we, thank goodness we have the outfield shift. Well, I'm just maybe Drury gets a look at third tonight since they it, their numbers basically called them about the same person. I mean, about should the we same be, player. should we be mad about this? Should we not care about it? Do they need to just throw care. the gold gloves out the window at this point? What's going on here? So you remember about was it three weeks ago? I'm trying to everything runs together in this playoff run. But when we saw the defensive runs saved stat, yes, compared to outs above average, I know you guys did a segment on this. Because I remember listening to it. And and Manny, according to defensive runs saved stat 2022, Manny Machado was the fourth worst third baseman in baseball. And it was ridiculous. And we could all see it and go, well, that clearly doesn't make sense. And then you look at another stat, like outs above average, and Manny was one of the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And, I think the, the bottom line, guys, is the gold glove has never, ever, ever, ever been handed out in a way that made a ton of sense. It used to be who was the best hitting player at a position that I could justify their glove. You know, and, and so actually Brett Boone was a really good second baseman on the pivot. But still, you know, like Brett Boone, you're, you're not that great these other years. Oh, you hit 34 homers. Now you're the gold glove. You know, you, now you're the gold glove second baseman. And, and it's been that way a long time. And now we've got metrics, and the metrics can't decide who's good and who's bad uh, in, in terms of defensively. I think we should wash it off. If Juan Soto gets a gold glove, I'm going to laugh my ass off. I will just say that. He is not bad. Remember when – I mean, Jeets, you know, I loved Jeets, obviously. But, I mean, Jeets got six. Hosmer has four. Rafael Palmero won one in a year which he DH'd. I mean, the entire year. It's, you know, Juan Soto. I mean, again, it felt weird this morning, Craig, to come in and be like, how dare Juan Soto be nominated in Manny? Like, Juan Soto's one of us now. So, uh, but it's right. It's absolutely accurate, you know. And I I was begging for somebody that's way more schooled in analytics than I was to, if you're going to use the analytics against Manny, right, and say, well, he's fourth DRS, there's no way he could do it. Okay, then make the case analytically why Juan should be in the top three. There's, you couldn't. You just can't. There's no way. 
I don't even know what they're watching, to be honest with you. What are they watching, in fact? Like, literally, what are they watching? Maybe the guys who are only focused on their team, for the most part, shouldn't be the ones voting. Maybe everyone just I likes guess. Juan Soto because he's a really he fun yeah, dude and right. he salutes the other. I love him. I, like, I love watching. It's the most tense moment of the year. What is he doing? He's, a, he's shuffling down he's to second National base. He's a League Fun Dude Award finalist him, in the right field. I don't know. And I'll tell you guys, <laughs> watching him and JT Real Muto go at it this entire postseason, like, ah, that's not a strike and JT's like no that's a strike them bickering and going at it is just it's so different than what we're used to and it's just so fun and good for the game of baseball Craig two minutes left for a crossing streams recommendation if you've got something for us absolutely and I'm just going to tag that by saying Juan Soto has had a gigantic hit in every one of the three playoff series so far and I was on with FP I was on with FP Santangelo on KNBR earlier this week and he brought up a stat that I didn't realize but it's true Juan Soto's never lost a playoff series in his career. Wow. He's, he's never I lost. Like that. He's, he's never I lost like a that. playoff series. Yeah, I mean, yeah. true. They call, That's true. They call him Win Soto. <laughs> I like that. Win Soto. So, That's fantastic. <laughs> so let, let's keep that up. Okay, we're getting close to Halloween, guys. And in one way, this is my one of my more favorite times of the year, not because I'm a huge Halloween guy, but I'm a huge Mike Flanagan fan. And for the last four years, I think this has been one of the best creative partnerships that Netflix has put together. Each of the last four years in October, Mike Flanagan has come out with a, you know, horror, quote unquote, horror genre series on Netflix, which elevates the genre and and which really takes into account human emotion and heart. and, And I think they've all been quality, quality series. His latest one is out now, and it's called The Midnight Club. But I'd like to offer today's recommendation as a more kind of general Mike Flanagan recommendation, because if you didn't watch last year's Midnight Mass, I thought Midnight Mass was one of the best series of all of 2021 uh, and has that little bit of, of horror to it, but it's also got a real exploration of the human heart, of loss, of grieving, people thinking philosophically what happens when you die what happens after you die the midnight club is very similar this is based on a series of ya books adapted uh by flanagan but it focuses on uh one particular teenager and then a group of teenagers who are all terminal with cancer who live together at a hospice and they have a club where at midnight they get together and they tell scary stories to one another because they say what's what could be harder than scaring someone who's already had the worst news of their life? That's kind of the premise. There's a lot of philosophical exploration. Like most Mike Flanagan series, I think the first couple episodes move a little slow. Oh, no. And then it's speeds oh, no. up. So check it out, boys. The Midnight Club. Netflix. All right. We're out of time. Craig Elston, Crossing Streams. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week, uh, hopefully uh, for Game 1 of the World Series. Uh, Craig Elston on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. A.J. Preller, GM of the Padres, coming up next. We're at Ballast Point. It's Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. I made it.